0: Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Well, friends, continuing the theme from yesterday, yesterday's reflections, looking at the interconnections in these readings, I was saying yesterday, the church as a good mother, the church as a good mother is trying to teach her sons and daughters through these readings to prepare our hearts uh, for the great mystery, the great solemnity of the Nativity. She's trying to posture our hearts, get our hearts into the right position. The church is trying to get us to see what is the mystery behind the history that's here. Right? What what happened when Christ was born? What is it that happened when God came in the flesh? What was God doing? So today what we hear in that first reading is, like I said from yesterday, we're going to hear the Song of Songs. It's one of my absolute favorite readings um, in the entire Bible. I love the book of the Song of Songs, and I love this one in particular. It's one of those readings that couples can choose for their weddings, and I love it when they choose it for their weddings. Just You don't usually hear people you know, speaking like, hark, my lover, here he comes. It's just some really good stuff there. That's a very particular couple who picks that as their first reading, Right. Anyway, so here we have Hark, my lover. Here he comes springing across the mountains, leaping across the hills. My lover is like a gazelle or a young stag. He says, arise, my beloved, my dove, my beautiful one, and come, come away. Ah, there's so much packed in there. There's so much packed in there. Again, for those of us who are maybe unfamiliar with the Song of Songs, it's passionate love poetry is what it is. It's passionate love poetry. It's at the very center of the Bible. St. Bernard of Clairvaux, who, if you're a priest or religious doing the Office of Reading throughout this week, you hear a lot of Bernard of Clairvaux. Bernard basically did two things in his life. He founded monasteries, and he wrote commentaries on the Song of Songs. That's basically it. There's more commentaries written on the Song of Songs than any other book in the Bible, more than the New Testament, more than the Gospels, more than anything else when the saints and mystics are looking for images to describe their prayerful mystical experiences they reach for the song of songs and yet it's the only book in the bible that doesn't mention the name of god it's very interesting it's very interesting the jewish rabbis they referred to this book as the holy of holies all scripture is holy they said but the song of songs is the holy of holies this book that is the passionate love between bridegroom and bride They saw it as an allegory between God and his people. And not only that, it's the relationship between God and the individual soul. Like, it's that nuts. It's that dripping and beautiful. Like, that's how close God wants to be to you. If you want to get into this book, if you want to delve a little bit deeper, I I want to recommend uh, the spiritual classic. It's called The Cantata of Love. The Cantata of Love. It's by a priest named Father Blaise Armijan. It is a line-by-line commentary on the Song of Songs. I see you're all jotting the name down. Great. Okay. Wonderful. So we won't talk about that, I guess. Okay. All right. So the church is trying to posture our hearts into the right position to receive the grace of Christmas, which is not merely an idea, but a person. A person. Like Christmas happens, yes, in all these externalities, in the signs and symbols and decorations and songs and traditions. Yes, it happens there, but where it longs to happen, where the Lord longs to Christmas is in you, in your heart. So the Lord is trying to have our hearts into this posture of surrender. He's trying to love us into putting down our walls and defenses. He's trying to love us into putting down the drawbridge. Opening up our lives to him because he wants so much more for us than we could even imagine. And look, this isn't, this isn't my idea. This isn't like, that's an interesting read of scripture. No, like this is, this is the first reading. If you come to the four o'clock Christmas Eve Mass, Christmas Eve Mass, right? This is the reading you'll hear from Isaiah. You shall be a glorious crown in the hand of the Lord, a royal diadem held by your God. No more shall people call you forsaken or your land desolate, But you shall be called my delight, and your land espoused. For the Lord delights in you and makes your land his spouse. As a young man marries a virgin, your builder shall marry you. And as a bridegroom rejoices in his bride, so shall your God rejoice in you. Like, again, of all the readings the church could choose for us to reflect on Christmas Eve, that's where she directs our attention all of these mystical realities, they just fold in upon each other. They're like those Russian dolls that just get nested within each other. They're just deeper and deeper and deeper. Pope Benedict, in his first encyclical as Pope, uh, Deus Caritas Est, God is Love, he settled a centuries-long debate about the nature of God's love in that encyclical when Theologians, saints, mystics are trying to understand what is God's love towards humanity like? And they, they reached for the four words of love that the Greeks would use, right? So they had storge, which is famili- like family love, philia, friendship love, agape, this self-emptying divine love, and eros, passionate, pursuing love. The theologians and saints Going back and forth, settled that the Lord's love for us was agape. Pope Benedict comes in, Deus Christas est, and says, No, 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 it's also eros. God has eros for humanity. He has eros for you, this passionate, pursuing, longing kind of love, a love that stretches towards us. This is from uh, one of his Holy Week reflections. He says this, On the cross... God's Eros for us is made manifest. Eros is indeed that force that does not allow the lover to remain in himself, but moves him to become one with the beloved. Is there more mad Eros than that which led the Son of God to make himself one with us, even to the point of suffering as his own the consequences of our offenses?" Eros pushes us out of ourselves towards the beloved. And he's saying the madness of God's love moved him to leave heaven to come to earth to take on his own the consequences of our own offenses. And the madness of God's Eros isn't just simply manifested on the cross, it happens right there at the very beginning, at the Annunciation, the emptying of the divine word into the nothingness of human flesh. It's madness. It's madness. What he's saying there in the manger is what the bridegroom says in that reading from the Song of Songs. I have leapt across not only mountains but space and time to find you with a heart full of passion for you. Arise, my beloved. I've come for you. I've emptied myself of every divine prerogative. I've tiptoed to the very edge and precipice of nothingness to grab you by the hand and to bring you back, to rescue you, to win your heart back. Friends, not only is this season and this solemnity one of high romance, but this is our faith. This is the nectar at the heart of the gospel. The good news that we propose to the world, the good news, the euangelion of the gospel is not merely the forgiveness of sins, The source and summit of the Christian life is not here or there in the confessional. The source and summit of the Christian life is the Eucharist, communion, union. The fact that God wants to be that close to you to invade every part of your humanity, the beautiful parts, the ugly parts, the shameful parts, to share all of life with you. That's the source and summit. That's the astounding truth of our faith. That's what we have to offer the world. This is why we sing joy to the world. And again friends, the question for us, the only question for us, every single day, every single moment of the day is will we acquiesce? Will we live into the reality of this friendship, this deep intimacy, this relationship that he's offering? We are the only ones who put the governor on the Lord's approach into our lives. We're the only ones who can say no. So today, in our amen, let it be a deep yes. Amen.